don't know about you tonight, but I'm already having a good time. Just want to thank the musicians for giving up their, their normal music night tonight to have us gate crash their, their music, their music uh, practice or worship practice. Take your seats for a sec. I've got a word on my heart tonight for you. I just want to say it is so, so good to see you out tonight, midweek, or almost midweek, one day past midweek, but that'll do. But we, we, we don't need to, to be reminded we live in very challenging days. Now, I want to say something today because we need to understand some things about uh, where we live. The title of my message today is, We Live Here. I think that's it, without looking at my notes. It might be, it'll come up on the screen. Yeah, we live here. Turn to the person next to you and say, we live here. I want to read you part of an email I got uh, this week from a missionary who has worked in these following countries in Bolivia. And I'm not talking about they just went there for a three-month short-term stint. They were in these countries for years and years and years, altogether altogether missionary uh, work in other countries for about 30 years. So she she had, uh, based in Bolivia, uh, Mozambique, Ukraine, and currently has a support role uh, supporting Bolivian missionaries uh, throughout the world. So her role now is to support Bolivian missionaries. They are spread across the world from Siberia through Nepal to Cambodia. So she, she has her hand on all these, these missionaries' lives to help them and support them to do their job. Now, I would say that she, this missionary, I wasn't going to say her, her gender, but she's a she. But this missionary knows the world, knows, knows stuff about the conditions of, of the world. So let me read this to you. And I'll give you the context. She's now living in a retirement village um, in Australia. So this is what she said to me. At present, I'm using the reality of heaven. Uh, here, that's a, a Bible study series. Here in the village, that's not like a village in Africa. It's a retirement village here in Australia. Um, I'm using this as a Bible study outreach for residents. Still a bit tough going at the moment since I find Aussie culture harder spiritually than anywhere else I have ever worked overseas. That is a powerful, powerful thing to understand. Uh, you know, I was totally amazed by that because I've, I've got to say, realistically, when, when I uh, am among people who work overseas, you kind of almost feel like you're the inferior one, like you're the one who, who, uh, who, who isn't in the real hardship of ministry. But I want to tell you something, what we do here, what you do here, as a person, as a church, as a Christian, to reach the nation is just as powerful as anywhere else that it's needed in the world. So we live here. Tell, tell someone next to you, we live here. One Heart Church. We, we, we must be aware of the spiritual breakthroughs that we need to see people come to know Jesus and the battle we need to fight to secure it. I didn't know the songs we were going to sing tonight, but I know that we're going to have to declare that battle song again because we've got to be breaking through the barriers personally so that we can be the people that can break the barriers for someone else. And there is is such a darkness over our nation. So there's two major points that I I thought about this today and and I I just, you know, I, I came to these conclusions just to keep it really simple. Two major points to the culture in Australia that are barriers to 
to the gospel. The things that would hold people away from hearing the gospel or receiving it. Number one, or A, is comfort. So we have a culture that, that prioritizes ease. The need to be comfortable. The need to say, well, so long as you're comfortable with this. And we often bring that culture into our churches by saying, if you're comfortable, if you feel comfortable, you know, well, I don't want us to feel comfortable. I'm talking to believers here tonight, not a new Christian, not a newcomer. I'm talking to seasoned Christians. We're not here for our comfort. So it's not about if you feel comfortable, why don't you raise your voice? Just get out and do it. Start to get into warfare for the things of God. If you, if you feel comfortable, raise your hands. Raise your hands because Jesus is the King of Kings, people. Oh, would you come to the prayer meeting if you feel like it? If you feel comfortable. See, that's a culture that we have in our country, but it's not a culture that Jesus is looking for in his people. The second one is pleasure. It's a culture that prioritizes recreational desires. And I use the word prioritizes. It doesn't mean you, you don't need it or you shouldn't have it, but it prioritizes recreational desires above the things of God, above the call of Jesus. So that same culture wants to rule the church. And now, I'll tell you something. Put your seatbelt on. If you're offended by that, I rest my case. Second Corinthians 6 verse 5. Discipleship is contrary to our comfort or our pleasures. This is what the Apostle Paul says, 2 Corinthians 6, 5, we have been beaten, we've been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, endured sleepless nights, and God, and, and sorry, and gone without food. There's my glasses required again, but I'm stubborn. Nothing in that message to us from Paul is indicating serving Jesus is for our comfort and for our pleasure. So we need to, we need to really anchor some cultures in our, in our spirit, in our spirit man, in our spirit woman that says, I want to make a shift. It doesn't matter how long you've been in church for. doesn't matter what you thought church was all about before. We need to start walking in a shift of culture that says, Jesus, I'm really going to make you first in my life. I'm going to prioritize the kingdom of God in my life. So Jesus wants to tell you something tonight. John 4 verse 35, I keep coming back to this message, um, and, and Jesus says this, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. So awaken, you know, awaken crowd tonight, awaken audience, awaken congregation. The Lord says, but I say, wake up. Now, I use this, this same message, this same verse on Sunday with the emphasis on the look part, to look at the fields. Tonight, let's change the focus to wake up. We're on awaken. I'm so glad that you're here. I want to honor you today. So if I feel like I'm slapping you around the face, I want to do it because I love you and I want to see the best for your life and the best for the community, the best for your family, the best for your destiny. But it starts when we awake to the purpose and the glory of God that wants to pour out upon us. So tonight, let's change the focus to the wake up. I'm always reminded of, this, of that song from the Wiggles, Wake Up Jeff. It's time to wake up church to our awakened day, to our awakened moments, 
and, and I believe we're going to hear stories, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm believing that people are going to say, somehow there was something, God spoke to me in a very powerful way. God began to speak to me, and uh, I just know that God has, has uh, so much that he wants to uh, entrust the church with, but he wants to know that, that we are trustworthy with the glory, with the, the treasures of heaven first. So we live here. And we live with the power of the Holy Spirit in us, in our church, in our lives. And I believe that, that uh, we will be effective to win souls, to be effective in the harvest field that Jesus said way back then to look, wake up and look. The fields are already ripe for harvest. I think I said it on Sunday that, um, that, that we need to always live in harvest season. We always live in salvation season. I want to remind you again, we are here to win souls for Jesus. We are not here to give you the most comfortable seat. We're not here to make the sound right for you. We're not here to make the lights just perfect for you. We're not here to make the heat just hot, just cold. I'll tell you a story once in church, in here, in this building. I walked from that side of the room to that side. I went to one person and said, good morning, how are you? And they said, oh, it's so hot in here. And I went, oh, okay. I walked to the next person over here and they said, it's freezing in here. Or females, obviously, by the tone of voice. But I'm thinking, we can't possibly keep everybody happy in the room. But what we, what we do need to have our focus upon is, Lord, I come to the house of God to worship you. I come to the house of God to get my breakthrough. I come to the house of God because I'm going to be fed in the things of the Spirit. I'm going to come to the house of God because somebody needs to be encouraged. And God might use me to encourage someone today. That's why we do what we do. I didn't mean to be, that's not in the notes. Most of what I say is never in the notes. That's why two messages on Sunday are hardly the same. But we live here with the power of the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 10 verse 5 says this, He who gathers crops in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during the harvest is a disgraceful son. And, and I guess the theme on these nights is all about awaken to something new. And I, I just find that scripture so amazing. He who gathers crops in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during harvest is a disgraceful son. We don't want to be sleeping throughout harvest. This is the greatest time for you. The day of now is your greatest season of harvest. And we can't miss it. We can't be sleeping through it. Wake up, wake up, wake up. This is our awakened moment, One Heart Church. This is not a theme. This is not, this is not just, a, just a, a, a season of, of, of something, but it's a, journey, a spiritual journey God's going to take us from, from, from day to day and week to week and month to month, where we just become awakened to the purposes of God, corporately, individually, uh, every part of our church. I just want to prophesy it and speak it out every day. So we might think, well, what's my incentive? I know we've got to incentivize things in the church. That's why we preach a gospel of come to Jesus for the comfort. And, and we need to do that. This broken people need to come to Jesus for the comfort. Come to Jesus for the pleasure. And we need that because some people have, have got very you know, small amounts of pleasure in their life because the enemy has so robbed and broken their lives. But you know something? We need to get healed of those things. We need, to get, we need to get touched from God for those things. And then we need to be put back together again. And then we need to be productive in the house of God for the kingdom of God. So incentive. Here's our motivation. I want to inspire and encourage you with this this, this evening. John chapter 4 verse 36. The harvested 
harvesters are paid good wages. They're paid good wages. I want to tell you something. When you serve the house of God, you're getting good wages. It's not saying you're going to get hovo wages. It's not saying you get no wages. It says you get good wages. So I want to encourage you today, when you put your hand to serve the Lord, He sees, He honors, He he compensates. They pay good wages. And the fruit they harvest is people, if you can get it. The fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. And what joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. I want to tell you something. Some days you'll plant a seed. Some day you'll plant a thought. Some day you'll, you'll start a conversation with someone who doesn't know Jesus. And another day, somebody else might come and lead them to the fullness of their salvation. doesn't matter what part you play in the process, so long as you're playing, uh, playing your part. It's all right, my, my mouth doesn't work as fast as my mind. Sometimes I think my mind doesn't work as fast as my mouth. Whichever way it is, it doesn't work right. One Heart Church, can we be the church of both plants and harvest? Plants and harvest the word of God in this city. Because we live here. It's up to us uh, that Jesus, we, we live here and Jesus is a savior. Um, he, he forgives sins. And he wants to bring people into a born again experience in his name. And he wants to use us. We are the agents of that, of that uh, priority. It's up to us. Proverbs 11.30. And I've used the King James Version. The fruit of righteousness is a tree of life. I want to tell you something. I want One Heart Church to be known as a tree of life. We might be known for lots of things. Um, other people might say things, may, may say even not nice things about us. But in the end of it all, I want to, to know through the, 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 the channels of history that we were a place of righteousness, a tree of life for people. So you are a branch on the tree of life. You are a leaf on the tree of life. Some of you may be foundational roots to the tree of life, but we are a tree of life to our nation and to the, to the city. And uh, I'll, I'll just read it in, in its fullness. The fruit, of right, uh, sorry, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. And if you use the, the, the gender neutral, those who win souls are wise, who winneth. I want to win a few souls. One heart, church is a tree of life that wins souls for the kingdom of God, that wins souls for the house of God to be strong. I know I'm going to ask the musicians to come back. They've only just sat down, it seems, but I've, I've promised you these nights we don't preach for too long. But my greatest hope through our awakened nights are that people may experience the presence of Jesus personally that completely changes our perspective, completely changes our future because we live here. We have a fight to fight and a war to win. Other people's eternity rests on us. I was almost going to end by praying for our frontline workers, those who we would say are out there representing Jesus. You know, we could think straight away, these individual people who work in this and work in that will pray for our frontline workers. But here's a part of a text from someone who, who sent me this text this week, um, who's restricted, housebound, unable to get around anymore, 
and this is what this is part of the, the, the message I got. I do miss not being able to be together with my church family each week. I want to tell you something, church. Don't take it for granted. Don't take the gathering together for granted. We've, we've taken pleasure and comfort way too far in the house of God. There's a time for that and there's a time to gather. And we need to know I can, I can go to the beach any old day. I can, I can do other things any old time, and we need rest, we need holidays. But other than that, you find yourself in the house of God. You make a pact with God, you make a commitment, and you just keep turning up, and you just never know what God will do with you when you get fully loaded with the things that He wants to give you. So He says, I miss not being able to, to gather together with my church family each week. Get this. But I still try letting the Holy Spirit lead me in sharing our dear Father's love to others with each person I interact with in his bed, in a nursing home, in a home where people have, uh, the only people he can see are those who come to him. But it's amazing. But I love, uh, dear, uh, I love sharing our dear Father's love to others with each person I interact with. See, every Christian believer is a frontline worker. So if, some, if a man can tell me I, I want to share the love of Jesus in my bed when, the, when uh, the only people I see are those who come to help me physically, I want to tell you something. Then what can you do? What are you doing? What is the problem? What is the breakdown? There, there's a major, major word that we need to be acquainted with, and that is repentance. And it says that repentance starts in the house of God. And the problem is, is we get so conditioned to our comfort, so conditioned to our pleasure that we think that's a great culture that we need in my church. The coffee's just right. The sound's just right. We want to have a Goldilocks church. That's a whole different message. I hope you come tonight for touch of the Holy Spirit. You're a frontline worker today. Can we stand to our feet together? Just give you a moment to stand because we need to catch this next little this next little statement. The Holy Spirit compensates for our inability, for our ignorance, for our insecurity, and gives us boldness in the face of intimidation. And I want to encourage you today, we need to be filled again with the Holy Spirit. We need to be refreshed again with the Holy Spirit. We need to have a reminder of the fall and the reason for which He called us. So when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we have what we need for the job. We have what we need for the task before us. So I want to pray encouraging each of us here today, those who will, for strength against the intimidator, strength against the accuser, strength against the, the things that have tied us up and bound us down, that God will pour into us the power from on high, the Holy Spirit power, that we can be witnesses, effective, bold, victorious in winning lost people to Jesus. That's our task, that's our mission, that's our reason, and that's what I'm going to keep reminding you of from now on. We've gone way too long just wandering, wondering why we're actually here. I'm going to open the front to those who want to come and speak to the Lord, want to spend some time. We're going to let the music team lead us for for a little bit longer and we, we don't need to rush we don't need to run away if you need to go i will say you're free to go but i'll tell you something there are those who say I, I can't go yet i need something from the lord i need something in my life and i'm going to invite you um, to, to come on down the front kneel sit you know sit all on the front if you want to be 
be uh, uh, in a posture that allows you to have the Lord reach into your life. And I'm just going to invite you today if you're here, if you're mature, if God speaks to you about someone along the front, you just encourage them, pray with them. They are not your project. I'll say that carefully. They are not your project. You don't spend the next 25 minutes over them. You just bring a, love, a, a word, a sentence, an encouragement, and then let the Holy Spirit do the rest and pray for them. And I'll tell you something, God will use you through that. God will bless you through that, but he'll bless them abundantly more. So as we sing, really just come on down and let the Holy Ghost begin to uh, fill you and do those things in you that you really need tonight. There's people who are dry. There's people who are broken. There's people who are confused. There's people who are not sure what, what's going to happen next. But I want to tell you something. Put all those things aside at the feet of the cross and say, Jesus, I want to be I want to be going after you right now. And I know that when we get that right in our life, so much more is poured into our life.